I always feel a bit guilty preaching on Mothering Sunday because as a dad, my role in the family was pretty simple. Driving a taxi, cracking jokes to distract small kids from minor injuries, deploying sarcasm to defuse teenage tension, or as a sort of primitive hunter-gatherer heading out into the world to return home regularly with an even bigger TV. And of course, most importantly of all, the only thing that really mattered was to make sure that at all times, each of my children always unconditionally knew that they had access to decent Wi-Fi. But today we celebrate the much more complex and challenging role of mothers at a time when motherhood is more diverse and demanding than ever. There are snowplow or curling mums. These are defined as mothers who continually push obstacles out of their kids' paths, like those sweeping ahead of curling stones during the Winter Olympics, brushing furiously to smooth every bump and difficulty from their path. Subtly different are helicopter mums, who instead of going ahead, anxiously hover above and micromanage every detail of their children's lives. The opposite are free-range mums who do have children somewhere, possibly up a tree. Actually, could you all just have a quick look under your seat and let me know if you find one. There are best friend mums that are perhaps a little too needy. Dance mums and beauty pageant mums who are maybe a little too pushy. Ultra-competitive soccer mums and star-struck stage mums living out their own dreams vicariously through their kids. But the trendiest parenting style of our era is the tiger mother, based on Yale professor Amy Schwa's best-selling battle hymn of the tiger mother, a manifesto of do's and don'ts which includes not allowing kids to have friends to play, watch TV, play computer games, choose their own hobbies, get any grade less than an A, or play any instrument other than the piano or the violin. A controlling style of super parenting designed to push and pressure children toward high levels of academic achievement, participation in high status activities, attendance at prestigious universities, and ultimately to a top earning career. But whatever their parenting style, this Mothering Sunday, we celebrate how much all mums matter and what a difference mothers have made in every one of our lives. And in our reading today, Paul contrasts two very important and very different mothers. Because even in the story of Abraham, the father of faith, it is motherhood that matters. For while your father's lineage and your sibling's birth order determined your inheritance of title and property, according to both law and custom, your status, slave or free, the status of your mother determines your freedom at a time when many were born into slavery. Also, by tradition, the Jewish faith exclusively follows the maternal line. My grandfather on my mother's side was born Jewish, but as my grandfather married outside of the Jewish faith, therefore my mother was not born half Jewish, and I'm not even technically the tiniest bit Jewish. When it comes to the Jewish faith, 
it matters who your mother is because you can't be born a little bit Jewish. And when it comes to freedom, it matters who your mother is because you can't be born a little bit free. Paul is writing here because he's concerned some of the Jewish Christians were starting to insist the ceremonial practices of the Old Testament should all now be binding on Gentile converts. To contradict them, Paul turns to the story of Abraham, who they were basing their own claims upon, believing their inheritance, blessing and faith rested on their being direct descendants of Abraham, an air of pious superiority that John the Baptist refutes in Matthew chapter 3, verse 9. Do not think you can say to yourselves, we have Abraham as our father. I tell you that out of these stones, God can raise up children for Abraham. Throughout the letter to the Galatians, Paul argues that life under the law is a life of bondage and death, while the true promise of faith is a life of freedom. A freedom that is not earned by our actions, but can only come as the result of a supernatural working of God by the power of the Holy Spirit. And here Paul completes that argument by encapsulating it in the contrast between these two mothers at the heart of the origin story of the Jewish faith. Paul says that Abraham had two sons and challenges each of us to consider which of the two we are most like. Isaac, born of Sarah, the free woman, or the firstborn, Ishmael, born of Hagar, the slave. The legalists claim to be sons of Abraham, but which of these two women is their mother? For this is a story of two conceptions, Ishmael born naturally of the flesh. Sarah had arranged for her maidservant Hagar to act as a surrogate, so it was according to the human will of Abraham and Sarah that they sought to fulfill the promise of God in their own time and by their own strength and resources. Isaac, on the other hand, was born as the direct and miraculous result of God's promise. Sarah was decades beyond childbearing age when God, in his time and for his glory, miraculously fulfills his promise with the birth of their son, born not of the flesh, but born of God's promise, translated in verse 29 as being born by the power of the Spirit. Paul likens this figuratively to the difference between two cities, two Jerusalems, the slave Hagar representing the first century city of Jerusalem, a city enslaved under occupation by Rome, and also bound to the temple system in slavery to the law. Compare this with Sarah and Isaac, their freedom, joy and laughter corresponding to the Jerusalem above that Paul writes is free. Verse 26, and she is our mother, the mother of all the children of grace. These two mothers ultimately represent God's two covenants. Hagar, illustrating the Mosaic covenant of the Old Testament law enacted at Sinai, a covenant that destined those defined by their adherence to the law to never be free. Contrast this fate with the simple promise, glorious hope and generous grace represented by Sarah. 
Sarah's freedom representing the new covenant of the New Testament, the covenant we celebrate at Easter, Isaac standing here for all those who have been born into freedom by Christ's sacrifice. One father, two sons, two mothers, two conceptions, two cities, and two covenants. When it comes to your freedom, Paul asks, which of these two is your mother? Is it Hagar? Were we born under the law and of human means? Then we're destined to live in slavery. Or is Sarah our mother? Were we born by the Spirit, by the promise? Then under the new covenant, we're born free. We are justified by faith in Jesus Christ alone. Nothing less, but also nothing more. We're saved not because of our attendance record, any works of service, obedience to the rules, or observance of rituals, but simply by being born free by the Holy Spirit. If you'd rather place your trust and hope in the law, or use the law to judge others, Paul asks you a simple question in verse 21. Tell me, you who want to be under the law, are you not aware of what the law says? Well, Paul is well aware the legalists he was challenging took pride in knowing and enforcing every single word of the law. But what was tragic about those who knew the letter of the law in Paul's time and in our churches today was that they knew all the words, but they didn't have the foggiest what being under the law actually meant. Are you not aware, Paul asks, what the law says. Just a few verses earlier, Paul has quoted how the law brings a curse to those who desire to be under it. Chapter 3, verse 10, all who rely on observing the law are under a curse, for it is written, cursed is everyone who does not continue to do everything written in the book of the law. Clearly, no one is justified before God by the law because the righteous will live by faith. In their desire to cling to the law, to rely on rituals and legalism, Paul says they are choosing to be cursed, to remain in slavery to the law, choosing to be sons and daughters of Hagar, to never know the riches of God's freedom and grace. You cannot hedge your bets and apply just a pinch, just a little bit of legalism. You cannot be a little bit Jewish, a little bit free, or a little bit saved. We must wholeheartedly reject slavery and instead passionately share in the scandalous simplicity and ultimate freedom of God's grace. For as Paul concludes in chapter 5 verse 1, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. The children of Amy Chua, creator of the Tiger Mother trend, are now grown up and she wrote recently, I wish I'd tailored my parenting strategy more to the individual personalities of my daughters and not been so overconfident that all my decisions were best. I wish I'd given my daughters just a little more freedom. Motherhood is a difficult balancing act between the protection of rules and the freedom of trust. Julie Lithgott-Haynes, in an inspirational TED Talk, warns 
about the dangers of imposing on our young people the demands of what she describes as a checklisted childhood. And here, Julie says, is what the checklisted childhood looks like. We keep them safe and sound and fed and watered, and then we want to be sure that they go to the right schools, and that they get the right grades in the right classes in the right schools, but not just the grades, the scores, the accolades and the awards, the sports, the activities. We tell our kids, don't just join a club, start a club, because universities want to see that, and all this is done for some hoped-for degree of perfection. We expect our kids to perform at a level of perfection we were never asked to perform at ourselves. And so, because so much is required, mothers have to argue with every teacher and coach and referee and act like our kids' concierge and personal secretary. We say we just want them to be happy. But when they come home from school, what we ask about all too often first is their homework and their grades. And they see in our faces that our approval, that our love, that their very worth comes from A's. And then we walk alongside them and offer clucking praise like a trainer at the Crufts dog show. But, Julie concludes, after raising two kids of my own, I have come to realise my kids aren't bonsai trees. Rather, they are wild flowers, wild flowers of an unknown genus and species. And it's my job to provide a nourishing environment, to strengthen them through chores and to love them so they can love others and receive love. And the university, the career, the rest, that's up to them. My job is not to make them become what I would have them become, but to support them in becoming their glorious selves. The tiger mother trend and the checklisted childhood is perhaps a natural overreaction to the pressures of modern parenting and our desire to protect our children and provide for them a better life. I believe Paul's message to us this Mothering Sunday is that we must resist the very similar temptation of becoming checklisted Christians or checklist churches. The scandalous wonder and beauty of grace, Paul declares, is that there is no checklist. There are no points, bonuses or credit for attendance, observance or obedience. Your faith is not a bonsai tree pruned to conform to a perfect pattern. You are indeed a wild flower cherished by God, rooted in his grace and nourished by the Holy Spirit. It is tempting to be a checklisted Christian, easy to measure our piety by our adherence to the rules. Such confidence, Paul says, is not just misplaced, but is a curse to us and toxic toward others, leading inevitably to a life of bondage and slavery. Because you can't be a little bit Jewish and no one can be a little bit free. So our sermon in a sentence this morning, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Full stop. Because as Paul warns, we must stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Your faith is not a project for you to work on. Your salvation is not a hobby 
Your grace is a gift, not a reward for passing a lifelong trial. You are loved, full stop, and you are free, full stop. And that love and freedom are precious precisely because they're not deserved, but were purchased by the greatest sacrifice imaginable to fulfill the greatest promise ever made. The promise of love, life and freedom. Freedom that comes only as a result of the supernatural working of God by his Holy Spirit. Mothers matter. So, fellow sons and daughters of Sarah, put away your checklist and know this for certain. You are loved and you are free.